Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallan. Would you like to learn more about audio description? Would you like to learn more about the latest happenings in the audio description field? The American Council of the Blind's Audio Description Projects, very own Joel Snyder, is here to answer these questions. Hi, Joel. Hi, Brian. Great to be back with you. Good to have you here again, too. Why don't you tell us about yourself and your role in support of audio description? Oh, my goodness. Well, I've been uh, working with audio description in a formal sense, probably longer than just about anyone. I was fortunate to be a part of the small group of folks that put together the first ongoing audio description service. That was back in 1981 in Washington, D.C., for working with Arena Stage for live theater. I've been um, doing description for performing arts and television and film and museums. Ever since, I have my own company, Audio Description Associates. But one of my contracts that I'm most proud of, uh, and I spent a great deal of time on, is with the American Council of the Blind. With Chris Gray, former president of ACB, uh, I founded the Audio Description Project just about 10 years ago. We are in our 10th anniversary year and going great guns. Folks uh, may be familiar with the, the website. is probably the most visible activity we have. That's acb.org slash ADP for Audio Description Project. And uh, lots of information there about audio description, where to find it on television, in theaters, in museums, in films, etc. Well, happy anniversary to the Audio (laughs) Description Project. Yeah, thank you. Why don't you remind some of our listeners, what is audio description? As you mentioned, it involves the accessibility of movies, TV, and theater for the blind. Yes, it does. And in a nutshell, that's that's it. But fleshing that out a little bit, audio description is a a way of making the visual verbal, I like to say. Words are used to convey visual images that are just not accessible to a significant part of the population, many of whom are your listeners, Brian. And actually, it helps uh, sighted folks, too, become a bit more aware, notice the visual world with just a bit more perspective, a bit more acuity, if you will. And it's done in theater and media, of course, by using words placed in between the uh, critical dialogue pieces or sound elements in a particular piece. In museums, of course, it can be a recorded audio tour that people listen to. The Audio Description Project was real pleased uh, during the Obama administration to create the first ever audio described tour of the White House. That was a a great activity that we worked on. It's really about using words to, to describe, to make visual images accessible to folks who can't see them, to folks who perceive the world in a little different way. How do people write the audio description? I mean, turn all those images into words and read that to the audience. No, you're right. It's a trickier thing than than some people might think or might suspect, you know, oh, well, I, I, I see something there. I can just describe it to you. It's a chair. It's a table. It's whatever. There is so much that we see that sighted people see with their eyes, but rarely do they observe. 
And the best describers really have to take note. They have to observe everything around them, really notice the visual world with that heightened sense of acuity. And then that's the kind of the first stage. And secondly, we, we have to edit from that. You know, I, I oftentimes say description is about what not to describe. There's so much that we see we can't possibly share all of it in a given amount of time. So we edit from what we see, what is most critical to an understanding, he points to his head, and an appreciation, he points to his heart, of the image or the scene or the action. Then once we do that, we, we then come the words. That's the, the third fundamental language. There too, we edit ourselves. We have to be as succinct as possible, use as few words as possible, but still be vivid with our verbs, be uh, imaginative with all the words we use. So, um, for instance, the, the Washington Monument is not just 555 feet tall. That's true. But does that give a good, vivid image of its height? You know, maybe it's, it's better to, to speak of it being 50-some stories tall or, or all, almost as tall as two football fields set up vertically or, you know, something like that. And then finally, whether the describer, him or herself, actually voices the work in media, oftentimes it's a, a separate voice talent who voices the work. Well, vocal skills, that's our fourth fundamental. Vocal skills are so critical. Uh, a good voice artist, someone who knows about description, can really take a, a mediocre description and make it quite vivid with their voice. Or, or they could, if they're not so good, you know, they can take a wonderful description and uh, ruin it. <laughs> so it's not particularly vivid or expressive. So I think of it as four fundamentals, and that's what I follow when I train describers for the ACB every twice a year, and then I do trainings in description all around the world in my spare time. Trainings, you say? I trainings, understand yeah. that there's a proposal for a certification for audio describers. What does that proposal entail? That's right. Boy, you're keeping on top of things uh, there, Brian. I appreciate that. Well, I think after, what, almost 40 years, I think the field is no longer in its infancy. I, I think of it as a in its adolescence. It's becoming more professional, more akin to sign language interpretation. And I think the work that goes into it commands, warrants a level of respect and professionalism. I've felt that way for some time, but I've heard it from the consumers, the folks who use description. They deserve the very best product. And the American House of the Blind, I think Kim Charlson, its president, and Dan Spoon, our chair of our Audio Description Project Steering Committee, I think they believe strongly in as high quality description as possible. And one way to get there is to set up a bona fide system, not run by ACB, but really run by everybody who's concerned with description and administered by an academy that does certifications professionally, it would give us a sense of professionalism to the field. It would allow description producers, the government, to know, aha, this person is certified, has, has had a certain amount of experience, has been through the ropes or whatever, and these people are good and we can hire them. They deserve what they can earn as professional describers. It's not for everybody. You know, volunteers uh, could become certified describers too, though. You know, whether or not they earn money is, is irrelevant, really. We're trying to just boost the high quality of description that exists 
around the country, add a little more professionalism to the field. That process just started really. We have a subcommittee of the Audio Description Project focused on certification. We had a nationwide open conference call just uh, this past Monday, uh, Monday, April 2nd, and uh, that was a great success. A lot of questions, a lot of good comments. We'll have a session at the ACB convention in July. The Audio Description Project has its own sort of mini convention, a convention within the convention every two years, and we'll be doing that this year in St. Louis, July 1st through 3rd, and we'll have a segment on certification where we'll get a lot more feedback from folks. And then um, working with the um, the Academy for Certification of Visual and uh, Rehabilitation Education Professionals, that's what it's called, A-C-V-R-E-P. They uh, do a great deal of certification, especially for the fields involved with vision and vision loss. We're hoping that by the end of the year, we, we are well into the process and can establish it over the next two years, actually get to the point where people can apply to achieve certification and work toward that. About the ACB convention this year in St. Louis, it's going to be a mini conference for the audio description project? Correct. That's right. The convention for ACB starts, if I'm not mistaken, around uh, June 30th, 29th to 30th, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in the afternoons. We'll be taking up all the afternoons into the evening a little bit with this audio description project conference. The mornings are kept free, of course, for the plenary sessions. Following that, July 4th, 5th, and 6th, we'll do another one of our audio description institutes training, uh, usually about 12 to 15 prospective describer wannabes, essentially. And it's it's a great chance when we do this in conjunction with the convention or the mid-year meeting, it's a great chance for describers to meet consumers of description. I think that's a critical part of training to become an audio describer. And that's the chance for the describer wannabes to give their shot at writing audio description, watching sure. a lot of clips and writing it. Yeah, absolutely. We do all kinds of training exercises and then a lot of practica where they indeed write description for video clips and, and still images, the whole gamut, really. There are some additional new developments in the audio description world, Joel. The American Foundation for the Blind and Comcast together just did this survey and concluded that visually impaired adults watch almost as much TV as the sighted do. That's right. Can you explain why this is the case? Oh, that's right. And, and you know, that survey, what was great about that survey, and all thanks go to Kirk Adams of AFB and Tom Lukowski at Comcast, what's great about that survey is it really reaffirms a survey that was done way back in the 90s, also sponsored by AFB. It said the same thing, basically, that people who have vision loss watch just as much TV, really, as, as folks who are sighted, because it's part of our culture. Television is, film is, museums are, and everybody has the right to be a part of our culture. And so people tune into television. And nowadays, of course, with at least a minimal amount of description that's mandated by the FCC, you can tune into programs. We list them on our website and really perceive them with a fullness that the description provides. It's not just a matter of of listening to what the sounds are that are produced in the uh, original program. It's accompanied by audio description, and that really brings out so much more. I think those numbers are going to increase, actually, right along with the amount of audio description that's available.
What about cruise ships? I understand that one of the <laughs> ADP committees has been talking about requirements for audio description on cruise ships. You've written they a have. white paper about this. That's right. Can you tell That's us more right. about the paper? Sure. Um, and I, I developed that paper. Uh, I guess I have a little bit of a connection to that area. And our subcommittee on performing arts and museums kind of ran with it here. I remember, uh, Dalek, back in probably seven or eight years ago, my company had a little contract with the Royal Caribbean Cruise Line to provide describers on cruises. You know, cruise ships have all kinds of shows on board. They have shopping experiences. And beyond that, they have excursions at their ports of call. Well, there are lots of visual images involved in all of those activities. And it's just, it would be a shame if a person who's blind pays the full fare but doesn't get the full experience. Well, they do if they have an audio describer with them. Uh, right down to, to the, being able to have a better sense of the menus at the meals and that sort of thing. Sometimes the menus are brailled. Uh, but, of course, not everybody reads Braille, so the, the menus can be read aloud by the describer or by a waiter, of course, as well. The describer there really does a whole ramet, uh, offers a whole gamut of, of, of service. There isn't quite as much description on cruise lines these days, and I'm not sure why, but the Department of Justice is, is looking at various fields and how they fit under the ADA. And uh, I think cruise lines are are coming under uh, more scrutiny that way. I think folks who are blind are beginning to realize that they, it's their right to have full access to everything they're paying for. They're looking for it. They're demanding it, which I think is great. A personal story. When my family and I went on an Alaska cruise a couple years ago with Princess, there was only uh -huh. one other blind person on board. But I think with your efforts, Joel, to make audio description and more help on these cruise ships available, it's going to definitely bring more blind and visually impaired people to cruising in general. Oh, no question. Let me share one quick little story. One of your listeners and a, a great couple, actually, Denise and, and Burl Colley from the state of Washington, they're good friends and just such great people. They um, were with me on one of those cruises some years back. And I remember on cruise ships, Karaoke is a staple of cruise ship entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I knew that Denise Colley had one has a wonderful singing voice. And I said, Denise, you have got to enter the karaoke tonight. And she, she looked at me like I was nuts and said, maybe you forgot, Joel. Uh, I'm blind. I can't read the karaoke monitor. What, what are you talking about? And I said, Denise, I have an idea. Well, we went on stage that night. The television monitor's down at the front of the stage, if you will, and I was at the rear of the stage. Denise was right in the middle of the stage with a microphone, but she also had with her a small cigarette pack-sized FM receiver attached to an earbud, and I had a small FM transmitter attached to a stenomask microphone. What happened, of course, is that the song starts, the lyrics come up on the monitor, Joel sees the lyrics, Joel speaks the lyrics into the stenomask microphone, Denise hears the lyrics, Denise sings, and I will tell you she won that competition that evening. So there's a little something for you, uh, karaoke audio description. That worked out well. How do people access audio description on their televisions, at the movies? Do they have to use press any special buttons? Yeah, good question, really, and it's different in each um, genre. 
if you will. Let me tell you, with each, each of those genres, there is detailed information on our website about how to access the description. Again, acb.org slash ADP. In, for television, the description is carried on the secondary audio program channel, SAP, and that needs to be turned on. And that's a little tricky because many televisions still have visual menus. Although I will um, plug Comcast, they have a speaking, talking menu for their remote control, so it makes it easier to turn the description on, and then most blind folks just leave it on. Of course, that means that sometimes when they're tuned into a ball game, they're going to hear Spanish translation, because there's only one secondary audio channel, and it's shared between Spanish and audio description, and we're working on expanding that, hopefully. In movie theaters, generally these days, Folks get a headset from the movie theater and use it to listen to the audio description track. Um, there have been real problems with that um, because not everybody, uh, not every movie theater uh, staff person knows what's going on or they don't keep the equipment maintained, that kind of thing. And actually, as a result of that, some great innovation has taken place. And there are now a few different apps that folks can download to their smartphones. Um, those apps listen to the soundtrack of a movie right there from your smartphone, right there in the movie theater. And if you have downloaded the audio description track to that movie, the app will listen to the film and then automatically plug in the audio description that you're listening with your own headset, your own earbuds, and your own smartphone. I think that's the future of description in movie theaters and maybe with DVDs or streaming, that kind of thing. Um, the, the movie theaters then don't have to worry about equipment um, and such. Uh, you know, we don't want to, not everybody has a smartphone, so uh, the, the headsets that movie theaters give out aren't going to disappear. Um, the same goes for live theater, too. Live theater, of course, is a little trickier um, because it's live and anything can happen, uh, although some Broadway shows have recorded uh, description, uh, time to lighting cues, and that's made available. So, and then in museums as well, uh, I do a lot of training of museum docents, museum guides. Um, but audio described tours are um, really uh, becoming much more frequent. Um, or uh, the regular audio tour that you get in a museum, which provides a lot of information, it's expanded, it's it, it made universal and includes that information along with the audio description. So that's the objective there, I think. And um, more and more museums are getting on board, which is great to, to know. What current movies and TV shows are in audio description? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I'll tell you, just about every major film, commercial film that comes out these days has an audio description track. Um, you know, that's as a result, to some extent, of the ADA and the Justice Department wondering, you know, gee, how are these movie theaters making their services accessible? So uh, the, the film producers have begun to develop audio description tracks for most of all, all of those films. Um, television is um, actually, you know, television description came far earlier than movies, but it's um, behind as far as the amount of television that's accessible. Right now, the law says um, that about nine hours per week for the top nine broadcasters have to be described. Well, you can imagine that's uh, not a whole lot. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
of, of hours uh, television broadcast by dozens of stations. So um, we're not quite up to, um, you know, the UK has more than 10% of all of their television is, has description. So we hope that within, oh, within my lifetime, maybe, I don't know, um, that um, we'll uh, have 100% of television described, just like uh, folks who are deaf can count on 100% of captioning being there. That took some 40 years to get there, uh, but we hope we'll, we'll get there maybe even sooner. What additional audio description news do you have to share with our listeners? Well, I'm so glad you mentioned the certification project because that's um, that's hopping right now. That's uh, creating a lot of interest. I think it's going to go forward and do do wonders for the for the field. And again, I'll mention that July first, second, third is our audio description project conference in St. Louis in conjunction with ACB's convention. Uh, we'll cover not just the certification effort, but all kinds of topics that are relevant to audio description consumers, to describers themselves, to the networks, to the film studios, etc. And then, of course, the training uh, will occur right after. We're we're up now to about our 14th Audio Description Institute that we've done. And I also want to mention we recently uh, announced, I think it's our 10th round of Audio Description Awards. So if people want some more information about that, they can contact me at just jsnyder, J-S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org, and I can send them the announcement. Every year we give awards to some top audio description companies or audio describers in the fields of performing arts, museums, media, research and development. And we actually uh, recognize every uh, year uh, a real leader in the field with our Barry Levine Career Achievement Award. So um, we're looking forward to uh, seeing a lot of nominations coming in between now and the middle of June, and then those awards will be announced at the convention in July. We're going to put up the ADP website on speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. And Joel, thank you so much for speaking out today about audio description. I'm oh, sure our listeners are, going to, are very appreciative of all your efforts. And they're enjoying audio description to that's keep right. themselves entertained and, for, and informed. That, Thanks right. so much that's for joining right. us today. Thank you, for Brian, for your interest in description. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, too. And before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know 
by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Hi, this is Dan Kaiser for Saturday Roulette, heard every Saturday on ACB Radio Interactive from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Every Saturday, you can hear the best of rock and roll, including legendary rock bands, artists, and new and upcoming artists. And listen to us on demand as well on www.acbradio.org slash roulette. Listen to the greatest blend of rock and roll with new and contemporary rock artists and legendary rock artists all here on Saturday Roulette, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Interactive. California, Florida, Iowa, Texas, guide dog users, students, IT professionals, government employees. The American Council of the Blind has members in all 50 states and is actively engaged in a wide variety of activities. We advocate for the education, employment, and social inclusion of all blind and visually impaired Americans. We publish a monthly magazine. We hold an annual conference and convention and operate a multi-channel internet radio station. Check us out at acb.org. Together, we can do anything. NASCAR champion Bobby Levani here with my brother Terry and my nephew Justin. You know, every sport has its essential safety gear. For racing, we wear helmets, fire retardant suits, and Nomex gloves. For fishing, waterfowl hunting, and boating, we wear life jackets. After an intense race, there's nothing more relaxing than bass fishing or a little duck hunting on the lake. But we're the first ones to tell you, on the track or on the water, accidents happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to put on a helmet. And when a boater capsizes or is thrown from the boat, there's rarely time to reach a stowed life jacket. But today's life jackets are lightweight and comfortable. Fishing or hunting, they don't get in your way. That's why you won't catch a Levani on the water without a life jacket. Don't let us catch you either. Remember, you're in command. Boat safely. This message brought to you by the United States Coast Guard. For more information on boating safety, visit www.uscgboating.org. 